0: Welcome to the Bible Rundown, day 51. We're looking at Leviticus 26 through 27 and Mark 2. You are here with Pastor Rob and Pastor David. Rob, we talked yesterday about the Sabbath years and then the year of Jubilee, and really how it points us forward to the ultimate Jubilee year, when the trumpet will sound and Christ brings home his people. But 26 is an interesting one, right? We have these blessings and punishment for obedience and disobedience, respectively. What do you see in 26?
1: Well, it's interesting. You know that little phrase, if? It's the conditional phrase. Mm -hmm. If, the condition, on, on which God's blessing will pour out upon his people of the land and the blessings of the fruit of the land, the blessings that God will multiply God's people in the land. Uh, the, these things are conditional on him being their God. Yeah. And and the reality is, how can God bless something that he is not glorified in. And so if he has called the people, if he has given them salvation, if he has made them his own and they represent him and his name, they bear his name, how can he bless a people that does not honor and glorify him with their life?
0: Through judgment, right? That's right. And that's what we talk about this recurring theme of God's salvation through judgment. And if, if you're following with us, chapter 26 talks about with the dis- disobedience, the punishment will be a sevenfold strike from the Lord against their sins. He says that in, in chapter 26 verse 24 and in some other references. Jeremiah makes the connection to this principle. Mm-hmm. And we see the disobedience of the Lord come in through what, Rob? Through idolatry and ultimately it's exile from the land. Sure. So the land the that land. was promised gets a sabbath rest from the sin of the people. The people are kicked out, they're punished for their sins, but the land actually gets reprieve and then sevenfold of a seven-year jubilee, right? Yeah. All of a sudden we start to make sense of what Jeremiah sees in Daniel's prophecy of his 70 weeks. right. And so as we go through the Old Testament, all these things fit together because it's all just building on itself. So God is saying, like you said, big if, if you will walk in my ways and commandments, I'm gonna fulfill the land, seed, and blessings that I promised you, right, through right. Abraham. But if you break covenant with me, I have to discipline you for your sin. I'm gonna give the land I promised you a break from the sinfulness that you've introduced into it and cleanse or purge the sin from that land. But then for you, the people, to be purged from your sin, you'll have to go into exile.
1: It's pretty intense. I mean, when you think about this, like the intensity of it, the land shall enjoy its Sabbath as long as it lies desolate. God's going to accomplish that which he has decided will be accomplished. So that which is supposed to be entering the rest of God actually becomes the judgment of God for those who... um, Disobey. So let's let's take in today's world um, somebody who is living in sin, who is unrepentant of their sin, should they fear the judgment and wrath of God?
0: I, I think we have to, right? I mean, we we've talked about, especially in Corinthians, when Paul's talking about before we take the Lord's Supper, we need to examine ourselves, but he also gives the the teaching and the warning that the reason some people in that church have, have been made sick or have even died is that they took the Lord's Supper without really knowing that they were in sin and recognizing and repenting of it. So, yes, the Lord disciplines those he loves. It's not a topic that is probably comfortable for us because right. in our culture, everybody's a winner. Right, Rob? Right. Everybody gets a participant <laughs> Participation <medal>. trophy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But the reality for us is we we have had our life totally ransomed and atoned for. The Day of Atonement points us to that. These chapters at the end of Leviticus after the Day of Atonement are all about how to live as clean, holy made people of God and dwell in his presence. Yeah, so if you
1: believe that God is good, which we do, and we believe that he actually knows what's best for us, we actually believe that... When we are disciplined or when God judges us, it's actually best for our life and for our hearts so that we do not continue to live in sin. We pray that God actually wakes us up so that we can repent of our sin and, and glorify him with
0: our life because that's our desire to do. And, and no different than what a good godly parent would do with their own child. Right, Right. Disciplining them in the way of the Lord. The Lord is disciplining us to get us back on track. And and sin will devour us, right? Right. We know that the enemy is seeking us like a roaring lion.
1: So we're not concerned about our salvation because it's been fully paid for by the blood of Jesus. But we are concerned about how we live for the glory of God. And we do. uh, So there is this conditional on our activities to follow the Lord not conditional in the sense that we lose our salvation mm-hmm. but conditional in the sense that we glorify God in our body when we walk on this earth because one day we'll glorify him in heaven with everything that we have that will be the year of jubilee right but in the meantime when we as we wait for that year of jubilee we're, we're waiting until we we can glorify
0: him with everything we have yeah yeah Christian life is one of constant examination, and uh, Mark 2 gives us some of these examples, right, of how to examine our life against what Christ has called us to versus the Pharisees, right? And uh, he's already, after he's been healing lepers, the man with the unclean spirit, the paralytic, he calls Levi the tax collector. And then the Pharisees begin their questioning, right? It centers around fasting, and around healing on the Sabbath, and and eating grains on the Sabbath, right? But what are we to make of Jesus's teachings here, and how he engages with the religious establishment? Well, I
1: think the paralytic's a continuation of of dealing with the sin of the world and entering into uh, what would be the brokenness and sin in the world, and 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 contrasting the brokenness and sin through of sickness and lame, the paralytic here, with sin. Because he says to the man, rise up, pick up your bed and go home. But before he says that, he says, um, your sins are forgiven. And so the, the idea is he's comparing and contrasting the wickedness of the world, the sin, the effects of sin in the world, and he's healing those through what he will do is, is forgive sins, which God alone can forgive sins. But I love the the uh, the parable here of the old and new wineskins. And the old the 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 wine bursts the skins if they goes into an old wineskin. So there has to be a new wineskin and I, I believe he's talking about the old and new covenant here. And so if you're trying to put the 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 cross of Christ and the new covenant that is in the blood of Christ and put it into the Old Testament context, which many of the Pharisees and the Sadducees did during the time of Paul and Peter, which they said, you have to obey these laws, you have to do these things, then you've missed out on what God has done in fulfilling the law through Christ so that we can live as people who are free in
0: Christ to walk in the power of God. Amen. And on that note, we'll close out today. Thanks for joining the Bible Rundown. See you later.